What's up, everybody? Episode 67 of the How on Affinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight, and we've got a great show lined up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to talk about sports and social justice and all the events that have been going on the past couple weeks. And then we're going to remember the great actor Chadwick Boseman. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Yes, yes, yes. That time of week again, everybody. Episode 67 of the Highland Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another great episode. And like always, if you're on the socials, please like us on Facebook at Highland Infinity Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at High Infinity Pod or follow me, the host, on my personal accounts at, on Twitter and Instagram at So Yeah, I'm Asian. And if you didn't get all that, just follow the link tree link has all the links to all our platforms such as apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and the anchor app and our social media pages and if you do follow us or listen to us on apple Podcasts, please leave a boy a five-star review and rating i would greatly appreciate it and you know me usually after i do the greetings i tell y'all how my week went but this week i just don't feel right talking about a whole bunch of happy-go-lucky stuff and taking a hard right into more serious topics because this episode will be similar to my do the right thing episode from a couple months ago we're talking about sports and social justice and my thoughts on the boycotts and the protests going on and the situation that started it all and then we're going to talk about the late great chadwick bozeman and the impact he made throughout his career but we're going to hop straight into things and last wednesday the sports world was at a standstill the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted their game five playoff game against the Orlando Magic in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake, which I'll get into that later. But I wanted to t- I wanted to talk about it last week, but I didn't have all the details right there to come up with my thoughts about the situations going on. But last week, there was a couple reports saying that the Celtics and the Raptors may boycott their playoff game in wake of the shooting. And when I saw that news, I thought about, OK, you no, know, not everybody's going to boycott. Maybe just a few players aren't going to play uh, in the process of the shooting. But while I was recording last week's episode, like towards the end when I was getting everything together, I started getting ESPN notifications about the entire Bucks team was boycotting their game because this happened in, in you know outside of Milwaukee. He thinks that Kenosha is like 45 minutes outside of Milwaukee. So it's kind of like a, a neighboring city. And the Bucks, they ain't tell nobody about this like because the magic was out there you know they were warming up thinking the game was about to go on but this protest did send shockwaves all around the nba and the sports world leading to the games for the rest of that day and the next couple days to be um, postponed and a lot of the players and other or why other games and other leagues were canceled for that day and the following day too like the games in the wnba mos mlb and the nhl and also kudos to the WNBA players for their activism. Their activism is not getting enough attention as it should be because they're out there wearing, you know, vote shirts, Justice for Breonna Taylor shirts, and Jacob Blake shirts with seven shots on their backs. Very, very powerful stuff. And after a couple of days last week, the NBA playoffs was up in the air because at this point, um, yeah, was it at this point, they were like I said, when this happened, at this point, I would have been fine if all sports were canceled for the rest of the year in my you know as just my opinion but after the games were postponed all the remaining teams had a meeting to determine hey what we're going to do are we going to cancel the playoffs are we going to continue to play and they said in that meeting of the remaining nba teams 
the Lakers and the Clippers voted not to play. And I guess the meeting got so heated that the Lakers and the Clippers walked out uh, together. And I was sitting there like, I would love just to be a fly on the wall when that meeting was going down and when that happened. I, I can see like LeBron James getting up and like, you know what? We're tired of this. You know what, Lakers, let's get up and walk out. Like, do I, or LeBron's like, you know what, let's get up and walk out of here. You know, everybody get up, they walk out. And I can see Kawhi from the Clippers, you know, because he don't talk. He just, like, points to the door and nods his head, and all the Clippers get up and walk out. But the NBA players voted to continue to play the remaining uh, postseason. But before the bubble, some of the players felt like basketball will interfere with the fight for social justice. Remember, think. Kyrie Irving was leading the charge to, you know, say, hey, let's not play. Let's focus on, you know, bringing social justice in the these situations, which, you know, you can see both sides of the situation. And uh, my thoughts were always I felt like you could do both at the same time. And for a while, it, um, it was working. But, you know, the, the NBA players, they didn't well, they, they couldn't tell the future. Like, you know, when we go down to the bubble, another one of these situations will happen. So you can't blame them for that. Like, they didn't know what it was going to happen. But at the end of the day, the NBA is, you know, in the business of making money. And after losing the majority of money, when a shutdown happens, I assume, you know, like, hey, we spend all this money making all this stuff for y'all to play. Then we can't just, you know, uh, leave and, you know, all this will go to waste. And also, I assume, like, some players need those game checks, you know, uh, because, you know, because everybody's not a LeBron James, don't have the max contract shooters and all that stuff. Some of these players, like, on the lower ends need these, too, you know. Uh, provide for their families and also they felt like if the player stayed uh you know the playoffs will be the biggest platform to spread the message of social justice and demand justice for you know Ahmad Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and now Jacob Blake and they're constantly talking about you know social justice in their interviews sometimes even more uh than the games I remember I think after uh the game seven yesterday between um Utah and Denver you know, Donovan Mitchell just lost uh grueling game seven. They were going home. And he wasn't even talking about the game. He was talking about, you know, uh justice for, you know, he was talking about social justice, which I thought was really cool and really, you know, uh powerful from coming from him, you know, after he watched the biggest game of his career at that time. But the situation that started started it all, um, if you don't know about the Jacob Blake situation about a week and a half ago in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A uh, 29-year-old Jacob Blake was shot in the back seven times by a police officer. And I came across this video in a similar way like I did the George Floyd video. Um, when I saw it on Twitter, I read a description and I was like, you know, I don't want to watch this because, you know, I, I I know what happens. And I don't like watching these type of videos on social media. Like when someone posts like a fight video on social media, like someone getting jumped or, like, you know, like people, you know, like stuff like that, I really don't watch stuff like that well well i think a couple weeks ago i i did watch i accidentally watched a video of a pig getting his head cut off i'm like i was watching the video this was at the time when you know when when some when, when they see something and when they cut into it it's a cake i thought the pig was a cake so i watched it and i was like oh he really did cut a pig's head off but that's not here or there but back to what i'm saying yeah, but I, but I don't like watching, you know, those type of videos of, you know, police brutality on social media. But like the George Floyd video, I kept seeing it everywhere, posting on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So I was like, I might as well just watch it. And in the video, we did see Jacob Blake having a heated exchange with law enforcement. Apparently, 
he was intervene. Uh, Blake was intervening in a situation in his neighborhood, and the cops was called in that video. Video you saw him walking away uh, from the police, and the cops didn't want him to leave uh, because, in my opinion, details on how the situation escalated seem a little scarce to me because we don't see any body cam footage or have any knowledge if the officers had body cam had body cams on them when the incident happened because the video everybody saw was recorded from the neighbor that was across the street from uh jacob blake but when i did watch this video i could not lie to you i thought i watched the man die again seven shots to the back basically point blank range everybody thought the worst but luckily by the grace of god jacob blake did survive but it's reported that he is paralyzed from the waist down and after this aftermath of the shooting there were protests all over kenosha uh, during the protest a kid i can say this because he's a kid named let me get his name right kyle rittenhouse allegedly shot and killed two protesters with his ar-15 uh, he was later arrested and is currently being charged with first degree intentional homicide like i said in the past uh and i'm gonna say this again i do not have a problem with guns coming from a guy who wants to own a gun in the future if you buy your gun the legal way you know getting your permit buying the weapon itself and the ammunition with your hard-earned money that is fine with me but i did do just to be safe i did do some research on gun laws because you know gun laws they vary depending on what state you're in because in this case uh, the kid is 17 and the legal age to own the ar in wisconsin and the, and, and the entire united states is 18 according to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATF for short. So on top of this murder charge, shouldn't this Kyle kid be, you know, shouldn't he have an illegal firearms charge added to that, if I'm correct? And also, I read that, like, he said the gun wasn't really his, it was a friend's. But to me, he still had a weapon that he, sh that he couldn't legally own yet. And some folks on social media had the audacity to call this kid, or I should say thug, a hero because they're like you know he's just defending his community well first off if you do a little research this kid's not even from kenosha or anywhere in wisconsin he he's from indiana and no he's from illinois and drove 30 minutes to kenosha you know you know because i think the town he's at is right on the border of illinois and wisconsin because i noticed because i found his arrest report online and he said you know his his address was a illinois address so this kid drove from another state had an illegal weapon in his possession and allegedly shot and killed uh two people in my opinion you know if he's found guilty they should just you know throw his ass in jail but you like jet but you like jacob he's only 17 yes i know that but you make grown-up decisions you accept the grown-up consequences if he would have stayed his ass at home play some call of duty war zone instead of going out there trying to play call of duty in real life he wouldn't you know done this and possibly be going to prison for the rest of his life but back to the jacob blake situation my biggest thing about this is that uh quite a few there was quite a few officers on the scene and why they could have i assume i assume they could have detained him without shooting they said they tased him but he was still going like i thought you know like there's three four officers there y'all couldn't wrestle him to the ground before he got to his car door but in this situation i feel like in both ways this, this, in both ways this situation could have been handled better uh in my opinion but you know we wouldn't know what really happened because like i said there's no body cam footage of this or any knowledge or the of the officers having any body cam footage like you didn't have to shoot the man seven times in front of his kids at that and you know god knows that's probably gonna scar his kids 
for uh the rest of their life you know they could have shot him like one bullet wasn't good enough like i think his dad said like one or two bullets wasn't good enough like he had to basically empty the clip on him and then we heard that jacob blake has had a warrant out for his arrest for a sexual assault charge like shannon sharp say i see better than i hear like if someone could come up you know bring out the arrest warrant or the department that issued the arrest warrant about this alleged sexual assault charge then you know you got me i'll be a believer but if they release a warrant for like i said they need to uh release a warrant for public consumption in order for me to be like okay you got a case but i just hate that people when when stuff like this happen they try to dig up stuff on the victim trying to justify why they they deserve to get shot why they did the same thing they're doing it now and they're doing it with george floyd and ahmaud a bear they're like well ahmaud a bear i think said he had a robbery charge four years ago I, by him having a charge four years ago don't justify him getting shot while he's jogging you know but uh like for me like if you get your facts off facebook and don't do any outside research please don't try to state no fact just because you saw some um some like meme page post the fact like well it posted on facebook so it must be true let me you know share share to my timeline for everybody to see it but you know i just hate when people do that and um for some people that be saying well if you just comply you won't get shot well brianna taylor was sleeping in her bed when she was shot and killed and we're still about what almost 175 days since that and those officers are still walking around free men and you know they're talking about just comply like we see these videos of these white men doing stuff you see in grand theft auto games to these cops and they're not getting shot they're calling the you know they're, they're calling the officers everything but a child of god they're assaulting the officers and they get to go home and see their families but like i said in the past and i'm keep emphasizing this all police officers are not bad uh the ones who shot you know brianna taylor jacob blake austin sterling killed george floyd and etc those officers don't paint you know they don't paint the picture for every single police officer that's how i look at it uh to me there are good uh police officers out there who do things by the book and treats everybody equally but you know there's your other cops who are like the ones who killed george floyd and but they haven't you know they haven't been outed yet because they haven't done you know these type of acts yet but this is why i think we need to get those bad apples out the police force before we have another incident like jacob blake also at the end of the day police you know we just want accountability for these officers who do these heinous acts because essentially every job's the same way if you don't do your job correctly you're gonna get fired you know too many write-ups or too many incident incidents you'll you know you should get fired and we should apply that to these situations as well because you know if you say all lives matter you want justice for these people too and my biggest thing for people who say all lives matter is that black lives should fall under that you know if i'm correct last time i checked ahmaud Abery, george floyd brianna taylor and jacob blake are all human beings and black lives should fall under our should fall under all lives but they're not that's why we say black lives matter not black lives matter more or black lives only matter that's what y'all want to hear you know we just want to be treated as equals and people still you know do not give the ear to listen i just listen for one so i just you know just take your time out and see what the other side has to say and i do be seeing people uh there there was a post going around on, i think facebook it was a guy holding a sign up saying we can still disagree and be friends yes in situations like if i like a football team and you like the rival team you know we can disagree and still be friends or if i say parser rex is 
funny and you say the office is funnier we can still disagree and be friends off stuff like that but when it comes down to you know basic human rights racial equality that is something we cannot disagree on why just don't say all lives matter when you hear black lives matter that's like saying you know in october when it's breast cancer awareness month and and people and you'll be like what about skin cancer what about throat cancer what about pediatric cancer you don't see them you know doing that but uh why they only say all lives matter when black lives are brought up they don't say all lives matter after a mass shooting like the parkland victims their lives mattered the vegas shooting their lives mattered and all the other mass shootings those people that died in those shootings you know their lives matter too but to continue to bring it up when only black lives are involved and why do black lives matter has to answer for you know the the root the looting and the burning like i said like when these protests are going on some folks probably are just out there to loot and steal and don't even care about the protests to be honest that's like having a gun store answer for why a person shot shot up a place with the gun they bought from that store but back to the sports protests people are always going to say like well they're just whiny millionaires playing the kids game you know when these athletes do be protesting like they're, like, they're all overpaid well it's not their fault that these rich white owners who probably share the same views as you, you know, they're they're the ones paying these people millions of dollars, you know, uh, you know, what, what they're supposed to do. They're, they're supposed to say no. Like if someone walks up to you and like, hey, I'm willing to pay you a million dollars to do your current job at the moment. What you going to say? Like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, a bagger at Publix is going to feel like he's overpaid. He, he's he's going to feel overpaid if he's if he's uh if he's you know getting paid a million dollars to do it like you're worth what, what someone's willing to pay you that's how i look at it like i said these rich white owners you know they probably do share the same views as some of y'all they're paying these players to play a kids game when you think about it and you know i don't have a problem with that because they know that the black athlete brings them the money because they're 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 they're, they're, they're paying money to see the black athletes on the court they ain't paying money to see a rich white owner you know that that's how i look at it but also in the college world Kudos to Nick Saban and the Alabama football team for canceling a uh, practice this past Monday and marching with his players. And this, this just shows how hypocritical and stupid people are because, uh, you know, the video was going around of Saban marching. And I, and I, and I saw this woman on Facebook. Uh, she, she, you know, she was, anti, she's anti-Black Lives Matter. She was saying, you know, she, you know, you know, she shares whole, all the anti-Black Lives Matter posts. She shares the whole, wait, well, if it wasn't to the officer, you won't get shot. All those memes. You see on Facebook, and she posted the uh Nick Saban marching with his players. I'm sitting there like, dumbass, you know that the Black Lives Matter and what Nick Saban, you know, they're marching for the same thing, right? It just shows, you know, just the hypocrisy and stupidity of people you see on social media. But in my opinion, I want everybody, you know, down in these athletes, I want them to keep that same energy when these whiny billionaires and spoiled college kids score a touchdown make a basket, hit a home run, or score a goal for your favorite team. But as you could tell throughout this topic, I'm a fan of these protests. Um, you know, they're like, hey, if you're not going to listen to us on these streets, we're, we're going to bring it to the court and the fields, and we're going to make you, we're going to make it to where you can escape these protests about social justice. Because if you have a problem with these protests and you're okay with the people that are protesting to bring back hair salons and restaurants, then you're part of the problem. These same people who are against these social justice protests, they don't realize that America was built on protests like the Boston Tea Party, uh, for example. You know, uh, I got it from history.com. It said the Boston Tea Party was a political protest that occurred in December 16th, 
73 at Griff's Wharf in Boston, Massachusetts. American colonists frustrated at the and angry at British for imposing taxation without representation. Dumped 342 chests of tea imported by the imported by the British East Indian Com India Company to the harbor. The event was the first major act of defiance to British rule over the colonists. It showed the Great Britain that the Americans wouldn't take taxation, ta take taxation and tyranny. Sitting down and rallied American protests or rallied American patriots across the 13 colonies for the fight of independence. So basically, without you know the British, you know uh, the Brit the Boston Tea Party that kicked off the chain of events, we'll probably be under Great Britain's control to this day. Still eating teas, still eating tea, eating tea and crumpets, eating shepherd's pie and singing "God Save the Queen." Nothing against shepherd's pie, very good dish. I make it every year for Thanksgiving. But back to my point. Uh, protests are supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. That's the point of the protest. People will be like, well, can these athletes, can they protest after the game or on your own time? Just don't do it during the game. It's not a good look. You know, no, that because it's convenient for you because you don't have to see it because when the game ends, you cut off your TV or, you know, you don't follow these athletes off the field. So you won't be able to see what they're doing. So continue on with the protests, NBA, WNBA, NFL, MLS, and all the other sports. Keep up the good work. And this is usually why I try to be Mr. Nice Guy, but instead we need to continue and ed to educate and inform other people. But at this point, I'm just done with it. I'm tired of trying to educate and inform. You know, they're just stuck in their ways. You know, they like if they don't if they don't want to change, hey, you know, can't do you know, can't do nothing about it. You know, I'm tired of people continuing to the turn a blind eye to racial injustice because ignorance is ignorance, and those people choosing to be on the wrong side of history and will show for it. Sadly, this past Friday, it was announced that actor Chadwick Boseman, mostly known for playing Black Panther, has passed away after a four-year battle with colon cancer at the young age of 43. Uh, this news was shocking to a lot of people, including myself. It just hit all of us at a left field, to be honest, because you know everybody was like, "Wow, like we didn't know he had cancer." And from the pictures I saw throughout the years of Chadwick, he looked like a perfectly healthy man to me. But it does go to show that you do not know what battles people are fighting behind closed doors. But this news hit a little closer to home for me. Uh, you know, I don't talk about my personal life on the podcast here a lot. If I do, it's just something like, you know, what I did over the weekend or what I'm watching on TV at the current moment. But nothing deeper than that. But allow me to get personal uh, for a minute or two. Uh, my mom, actually, she passed away from lung cancer. Three years ago, yeah, this August, this past August, made it three years since he passed. And, you know, cancer sucks. Like to watch a loved one's health slowly deteriorate in front of your eyes and you can't do nothing about it is like one of the worst feelings ever. That's one of the things like you don't even want to wish upon your worst enemy. Like seeing my mom going from an active person who gets up at 5 a.m. every morning and goes jogging to now needing to walk with a cane and needing assistance to do simple things like getting off the couch you needed help with. But cancer does take a toll on the body. Like you're not supposed to bury your parent at 24 like I did. You know, you're supposed to do that in your 40s, your 50s, maybe your 60s if you're lucky. But this may seem a little petty, what I'm about to say, but I hope you understand, you know, where I'm coming from in this situation. But sometimes I do get a little jealous if I get on social media and I see folks post pics of their mom, like, hey, me and my mom are going to, you know, going to the movies 
I took her out to dinner, you know, stuff like that. I'm sitting there like, damn, like I can't, I can't, I can't do that no more, you know. But some people, like they do, ask me like, hey, you know, like how long it took you to get, you know, over the death of your mom and all that stuff. And I remember I heard a saying. Uh, they said that when you lose a parent, you never really get over it. You just learn how to deal with it better each day. And that's how I feel. That's how I, you know, uh, take take that situation. But my heart does go out to the Bozeman family during this very difficult time because Chadwick was only Chadwick was only 43. Still had so much more to give. Like I followed him on Instagram and he posted something like I think three weeks or a month ago. Look perfectly healthy in me. And now, you know, three weeks later, he's gone. Like that what cancer can do to you. Like I remember before my mom passed away, you know, we was like, you know, like a month, we were sent like a month before she did, we were sitting up joking around, making plans to do something. And then, like I said, a month later, she got admitted to the hospital. And I could tell where, you know, where things were going that this was, you know, this was the end. And cancer, you know, it is a silent killer. And when I sit back and I thought about it, I was like, man, Chadwick was that was diagnosed in 2016. You know, and I was like, he was in a lot of movies from, you know, the time of his diagnosis up until his death. Like, so this man was out there and God knows how much pain from the, you know, the, 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 the chemotherapy, the chemotherapy, the chemotherapy treatments and the condition itself. And he was out there just putting a good face on doing what he does best, you know, bringing characters to life in, you know, film or TV. And after his death, I was seeing a lot of posts all over Twitter when he was in the Marvel movies. And I was saying to myself, like, man, this man was putting on a show fighting Thanos and Killmonger while in his real life, he was in a much bigger fight. And Chadwick uh, was known for playing a plethora of roles. Um, he has played some of the most prominent roles in black culture and history. Uh, people were were people saying that he played almost every uh, role, like big black biopic role in the black community. Like, um, I, I don't know if it was just coincidence that he played all these roles or maybe he wanted to, you know, uh, more power to me if you wanted to, to tackle these roles, you know, from Jackie Robinson in 42 to James Brown and Thurgood Marshall. And every time I think of Thurgood Marshall, I just think of me going back, you know, when you're in elementary school and you have to do, oh, you know, the, the, the black history report, you know, you get a, um, you know, like a black, like a black trailblazer and you got to just, you know, give them reports on their life where they were born, what they do, what, what trials and tribulations they went through before accomplishing what they did. And I can't lie, I think for a good two or three years, always finessed my way to get Magic Johnson as my Black History Month report. I, I think I was in year two or three, and my folks asked me, hey, Jacob, who you're doing your Black History uh, Month report on? I was like, Magic Johnson. It was like, again, that's when they put their foot down. They said, no. I can't remember my mom or dad, but they told me to do Thurgood Marshall. So every time I think of Thurgood Marshall, I think of that uh, Black History Month report I did in elementary school. But back uh, on course, um, you know, and, and of course, you know, Chadwick was mostly known for playing Black Panther in his soul, you know, in the Black Panther movie and the last two Avengers movies. So Chadwick Boseman was real deal, a superhero on the big screen and in real life. And over the weekend, I can't remember who posted it. But it was a picture of, of Chadwick visiting a pediatric cancer center, you know, around the time when Black Panther came out. Because, you know, usually when the superhero movies released, the star visited, visits, you know, kids, hospitals, uh, you know, uh, sometimes they dress up as the hero. But seeing that picture of him, uh, you know, after his death or see, yeah, seeing that picture of him now after his death 
and you know, knowing what, knowing what we know now, like I look at that picture, it was him and uh, you know, and the cancer patient, and I felt like he was saying, you know, like you know, me and you, you know, they're, they're basically in the same fight, but you know, you could fight and persevere and become a hero like he did in Black Panther, and I feel like now when you know they show black panther you know the kids and cancer treatments you know they could look at chadwick or black panther however you want to interpret it and they could be like wow you know he was going through what i was going through and he became a hero and, and he could become a hero you know so can i like stuff like that can't just give give a kid hope in a dark time in their life and um like i don't think i ever seen a movie in my in my lifetime that had a cultural impact like black panther did yeah, you have like movies that brings up a certain fan base, but Black Panther lifted up an entire race and a community. Like, I remember I made a I made a joke about it. I was like, you know, my fellow black my my fellow uh members in the black community, we are not bootlegging Black Panther. We're gonna spend our little fifteen dollars. Well, it's not little fifteen dollars for a movie ticket, but we're gonna spend our fifteen dollars, uh, you know, to watch Black Panther. We're gonna make it one of the highest grossing movies of all time and that's what it did black panther is like the highest grossing solo superhero film of all time like the only movies that made more money of course was all four avenger movies so black panther did make more money than any iron man movie any captain america movie any dark knight movie like that's how big black panther was and i remember the day i went to the theaters to see black panther um i don't you know i don't really look around to see like how like the racial you know like how many white people were in the theater, how many black people were in the theaters, but it was you know a good bit of the black community was out there when I was there, and they were dressed to the T. They had their you know their African dashikis on and all like all the stuff. Uh, you know I was I was all for it. you know people can dress up to see Harry Potter and Star Wars. People can dress up to see Black Panther. I was about to get one myself, but uh, it wouldn't have came in. It wouldn't have come in in time when I at the time I ordered it. And also, I remember in when I went to the theater to see Endgame, and when Black Panther was the first one to come out, and I, like you knew all the heroes were coming back to life. And in the theater, I know why the theater started shaking because we all knew when Black Panther stepped out, you knew what was about to happen. And you know, if you've seen the movie, you know what happened. And um, and I, I and I couldn't tell you how much Black Panther meant to the black community. You know this, you know, because you know little black boys and girls finally had someone to dress up as for Halloween that actually looked like them because you know superhero i mean the superman is not black batman is not black and the more well-known spider-man peter parker is not black then the, you know the miles morales movie came out and that movie itself had an impact too like black panther did and i've been seeing a lot of posts online from people like you know what should marvel do with the black panther role i'm not going to talk about that because you know now is not the right place at the right time to uh talk about that like it just sucks when i thought about it like it just sucks that as Chadwick's career was ascending, his health was declining. And after his death, uh, I think they, they they posted the last video, his last post before his death, which was I can't remember how far how far it was before his death, but he did look a little skinnier. You know, you could tell people lost lose weight by like you know the neck and the face area. And if I saw this before his death, I would just assume he was preparing for a role he had to lose weight for because you know when actors, you know, some actors mu must gain, you know, must gain or lose weight for certain roles. Like the best example was Christian Bill before Dark Knight, because I think the year before he played Batman, he had a, he had a role of a drug addict. And he was like bone skinny. Then the next year he played Batman, he was all built, you know, all, he bulked up for the role. Now looking back on it, like how Chadwick, you know, how built he was in Black Panther, it amazed me to, to know he was going through, you know, chemo, 
treatment and all that stuff. And he still had the energy to work out for this role because I've seen chemotherapy treatments and it does take a toll on the patient and on the patient itself. But for him to still have the energy to, to work out and get, and, you know, and bulk up for this role while going through the chemo just, you know, amazes me. And, you know, for him to keep it private, which, you know, his him, it was his and his family's personal decision. I don't have a problem with people, you know, him keeping it quiet or I do not have a problem if, you know, if they announce it like, you know, you, you're doing what you, you you are doing, what you think is best for you and your family. And I, I think I read uh, an article saying like even the Black Panther director didn't even know what he was going through. And I'm pretty sure a lot of his other like acting friends didn't know what he was going through either. And there were so many posts on social media sites and, and on in Instagram. Instagram, there was a lot of posts I saw. And Michael B. Jordan had a post that stuck out to me the most. I'm not saying like his post was better than other people's posts. Like this one just stuck out to me the most. You know, he said that like Chadwick was his mentor. Or, like Chadwick got him one of his first roles after Michael B. Jordan was on the wire. And like how him and Chadwick are always going to be intertwined with each other because of Black Panther. And those, you know, um, you know, those two roles, Black Panther and Killmonger, shot both Chadwick and Michael B. Jordan, you know, to the stratosphere. Like I, I remember seeing like every late night show, like uh, Saturday Night Live skits, um, interviews. There were so many interviews with Chadwick and Michael B. Jordan, you know, when Black Panther came out. I remember that meme. I think when Michael B. Jordan said he liked anime, and that just, like, broke the internet for a couple of days. And, like, women were like, I need me a man to watch anime. He was like, do you know that 99.9% .9 of us of men who watch anime uh, does not look like Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> uh, but uh, looking back at all those, you know, pictures that were posted, you know, him – with his castmates at premieres or him with his wife, I think it was sideline at a basketball game. Like you could see like he was smiling, even though he was going through so much pain at the time. And even though, you know, the career of Chadwick Bozeman was cut short, I thought he, he, he left a legacy that can last forever. And my prayers do go out to to his family and may he rest in peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time on your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, and subscribe to the podcast. They mean the world to me. I will not be here today without you, the listener. So thank you. And y'all have a nice week and I'll see y'all next time.